It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. This is the only place where you can hear Carolina Panthers on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We do that here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and be sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show, which is very important on YouTube as this upcoming Thursday The night of the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft, I'll be going live on YouTube at 7 o'clock, and then whenever the Carolina Panthers are done for the night, we'll see when that is. Could it be at 6? Will it be later on if they trade back? I don't know. I'll be going live reacting to what the Panthers do there at 6 with the 6 pick or with the other picks later on in the draft there in the first round. So I'll get into all that there on Thursday. So that's why you have to subscribe to the show Locked on Panthers there on YouTube. If you don't watch the show, shame on you. That's okay, though. You can check us out on all the podcasting platforms out there. That could be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, whichever one you like, we're on it. So make sure to keep listening to the show that way if you listen to the show. And also make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, but not this Friday, Thursday show, the live show we use as the Weekly Friday mailbag, as you guys can send in questions via the live chat, and I'll answer them as we lead up to Thursday evening and the NFL draft here in Carolina. And leading up to that, I already know what I want the Carolina Panthers to do. And if you've listened to the show here for over a year, it's the same thing I wanted them to do last year. Draft a left tackle. I understand quarterback is a massive need. I just sit back here and think about the quarterbacks that – are available and the ones that are being considered the top guys. Y'all can see you're back here in the background, that that blanket. It's North Carolina, it's our Hill blanket. So maybe let me put some rose-colored glasses on for you. Sam Howell, the first game he ever played down the street from where I'm at right now at Bank of America Stadium, the kid was slinging it and let his fourth quarter comeback against South Carolina. A bad South Carolina team, but no less an SEC team in his first career start. He came out slinging it from day one at Carolina. Had a big-time freshman year. Broke the ACC freshman passing record, more passing touchdowns than Trevor Lawrence, Jameis Winston, who won the Heisman that year. Sam Howell went out there and did that. And in the next season, with Javante Williams, who's going to be a stud at the Broncos, and also with Deami Brown, Daz Newsom, and Michael Carter, who's up with the New York Jets, four NFL players put up massive numbers and played in the Orange Bowl the first time Carolina had been in a New Year's Day Bowl or New Year's Six Bowl since the 40s. That's what he did. Then he lost all that talent. And still, the only reason Carolina even won six games is because he dragged them across the finish line to get their ass kicked down the street against the South Carolina team that he started his career playing against and winning against. He was not great this past season, but he's the only reason they won. And he showed ability to run the football and to throw the football. And when he has NFL time around him, he plays well. Now, this is not an endorsement for Sam Howell to be 
the Panthers selection at six or in a second round, they get into the second round. I'm not endorsing that at all. I question whether he really can be a high level pro. I say all this to say somehow over the last year, Kenny Pickett, who was not good and would not have been drafted if he would have would have been late last year, had he come out, has become possibly the top quarterback prospect in the NFL draft. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, he had a great year with Pitt. You watched the Clemson game against future NFL pros, and he cooked them. Hell yeah, he did a great job. Clemson also suffered some injuries in that game and just wasn't the Clemson that we had seen. They still won 10 games this past season. But Kenny Pickett, after horrible tape for multiple years, now is apparently the guy. And then there's Malik Willis, who, if the Carolina Panthers want to take a risk, you look at just the traits, the athleticism, the arm, just physically what he looks like, love the leadership, the personality, would make all the sense in the world. But that guy couldn't even beat out Bo Nix at Auburn. Bo Nix, who has now transferred to Oregon and might not even win a starting quarterback job. That's the guy Malik Willis couldn't beat out. So you're telling me the dude who couldn't beat out Bo Nix and a guy who was terrible throughout the majority of his college career are the top two quarterback prospects over Sam Howell, who had a great career and better career than Matt Corral. And honestly, the only guy, if you want to take team success and you want to weigh that heavier than individual success, Desmond Ritter is the only guy available who's had a better college career. Than Sam, than Sam Howell. That doesn't always translate to NFL success, but still, you cannot convince me that any of these guys at six are worth that pick by just pointing out that the dude who had a lot of hype last year then I guess faltered this past year, according to the scouts, is now behind a guy who couldn't beat out Bo Nix and then Kenny Pickett, who originally was committed to Temple. Come on, man. That's why the Carolina Panthers need to take a left tackle at six. It's not just that the quarterbacks aren't worth any of our time, in my opinion, at six overall. It's also the fact that it's been a revolving door, literally, at the position since Jordan Gross retired after the 2013 season. I am so sick and tired of watching the Michael Ors. I'm going to name all 16 of them. They've used 16 different t- starters at left tackle since then. The last time they drafted a tackle in the first round was Jeff Otsaw, 19th overall in 2008. It's too long. They got gross in the first round in 03. Oates on the first round in 08. It's time in 2022 to get someone in the first round. 16 different tackles that they've used at the left side. Michael Orr, the blind side. Worked out for a little bit. 19 starts, whatever. Matt Khalil gave him all that money. He was awful. And injured. Yeah, the 2017 season where he was actually healthy. They made the playoffs and all that. But he was not good. Byron Bell. The first one to take this snap at left tackle after Jordan Gross retired in that 2014 season. No thanks. Chris Clark wasn't great either. Mike Rimmers, who single-handedly lost the Carolina Panthers to Super Bowl back in Santa Clara in 2015. Terrible. Dennis Daly, oh, he was the highest-rated left tackle against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that game in London. He went up against Shaq Barrett. They gave him a ton of help that game, and he was a six-round pick out of South Carolina. No thank you. Cam Irving. No further comment. Greg Little, massive bust. The rental tackle, Russell Okung, who was more concerned about getting paid in Bitcoin than being healthy and staying on the football field, thought about retiring before the season even started. Brady Christensen, who could be the answer. Could be. Trent Scott, terrible. Darrell Williams, terrible. Taylor Moulton, playing out of position, does his best when he's there, belongs at right tackle. Marshall Newhouse, no. Michael Schofield, horrible. And even David Bacall. That is hellacious. And it cannot continue. 
it is time for the Panthers to stop shopping at Dollar Tree for kitchen supplies and left tackles and go to Crate and Barrel and find something that's going to last. I'm over it. Walmart to Neiman Marcus, however you want to use it. I'm so sick of them going out there and settling. And I hear a lot of people out there saying, well, Brady Christensen, yes, he got better every time he played at left tackle at the end of last season. I understand that. But a year ago, this same organization viewed him as a third-round tackle prospect. Second-round grade as a guard, third-round grade as a tackle. And you want him to be the left tackle over someone who would be in the top 10. Evan Neal, physical freak, war daddy. Like, I want that guy so bad for the Carolina Panthers. Five-star recruit coming out of high school at IMG Academy. Played multiple positions on the offensive line. So he's versatile, which they love. But this past year at left tackle was a king. I want that man. If not him, fine. I'll take Charles Cross. Also, five-star recruit coming out of high school. Was great in the air raid. They say the most polished of the pass protectors at tackle in this draft at Mississippi State. I will take him. Iki Iquanu, local kid, only was a three-star, but worked his way to now potentially being the number one overall pick. If that's what Jacksonville wants to do, I will take him. Give me those three over Brady Christensen, the two-star, who was an All-American at BYU, playing against nobodies. Yeah, he looked good last year in the NFL. But you have to remember, that was a small sample size. You're going to ask him to play 17 games at left tackle. How's he going to hold up? At no point in Christensen's life, has he ever been considered a top pra- tackle prospect? Was it last year? Was it coming out of high school? But for Evan Neal and Charles Cross, they've always been valued that way. And they delivered in college in the Southeastern Conference. So let's stop settling for third-round guys who looked good in a couple of games and take the blue-chip prospect who delivered on the biggest stage in college football and NFL evaluators still believe is one of the top tackle prospects. So obviously they got to be there. I would prefer a deal. But I'll take Cross and I'll take Aquanu. Any of those three, I'm happy. But the revolving door at left tackle ends on Thursday. At least, at least I hope it does. Will it? I don't know. Scott Fitterer, Dan Morgan, Cole Spencer all spoke to the local media in Charlotte on Tuesday A couple of takeaways about the Panthers' chance of trading down and the involvement of a one David Tepper here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well, it showed up on my doorstep and I heard it was good and good for you. And hell, I'm going to take it. I love AG1 from Athletic Green. So what's in this stuff with one? Just one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And I buy it, I mean seriously, guys. Every single morning, when I wake up, go work out, hit it, come back, shower, take some AG1, and I feel brand new, replenished, and ready to go the rest of my day, getting those important nutrients that I need. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus and aging all of those things and it's friendly for every single kind of lifestyle whether you are keto paleo vegan dairy free or gluten-free ag1 is for you and it does not cost that much 
It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. What makes more sense? Drinking AG1, getting that for $3 a day, or going down to Starbucks and spending absorbent amounts of money on crappy coffee. Now, Starbucks, please sponsor the show one day. Either way, it, Athletic Greens was founded by an owner who was having a bunch of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplemental routine. It cost him $100 a day. Then he decided, enough of this. Let me make my own product. And it's been fantastic. It is trusted by leading health experts all over the world. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. Those come in the clutch every time I'm on the road. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA playoffs. The Boston Celtics swept the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving still trying to figure out why they weren't able to gel. Hmm. Maybe he'll be able to figure out that mystery. And also the story of the Major League Baseball season. You can check that out over at betonline.net. BetOnline is your continued source of all your sports waging information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, as one does ahead of the draft, if you're a general manager like Scott Bitter or an assistant general manager like Dan Morgan or a director of college scouting like Cole Spencer, you sit down and speak to local media and give them a little hints if you want, but let them know what you're thinking heading into the draft, which is an important day, the foundation of the team, as Scott Bitter says to the Carolina Panthers as down in Las Vegas on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Friday right now won't really be participating, but we'll see what happens. The Carolina Panthers will be looking for their next crop of difference makers on the field, and one of them could be at the sixth overall pick as Carolina is coming off a 5-12 and season and has two glaring needs, one at left tackle and one, course, at the quarterback position. But as I just told y'all, I'm all in on a left tackle. No thank you to any of these quarterbacks, especially guys who can't beat out Bo Nix or guys who really weren't good in college until all of a sudden – I mean, let's not act like Kenny Pickett was Joe Burrow. Burrow won the Heisman, set records, and also won a national championship. Kenny Pickett couldn't be bothered to play in his bowl game, so I'm good. Um, either way, no thank you. But the Carolina Panthers could potentially trade down, which there's been a large appetite from a lot of fans out there because the Panthers gave away their second-round pick last year to bring in Sam Darnold to get third-round pick to bring in C.J. Henderson. And Scott Bitter doesn't regret the Henderson one at all. He did say back, at the time, when it was asked, is this a win-now move? He's like, oh, no, this is really for the future. As Henderson didn't really do much in Jacksonville the year prior, then with Urban Meyer, and that just failure down there in Jacksonville was kind of on the outs. They had talked to them back in the summer, and it came back after J.C. Horn went down. and said, hey, let's get this deal done. Well, they viewed him as a pick for the future, getting two first-round picks there, two top-ten picks from the 2020 draft class, one being Derek Brown and, of course, C.J. Henderson. So the Carolina Panthers view C.J. Henderson as this year's third-round pick, but they don't have a second-round pick right now. So we'll see how it all plays out. But according to Scott Fitter, there's been a handful of teams that maybe three or four that are really serious about potentially moving up to the number six spot for the Carolina Panthers. They're keeping all of their options open, but... If there's a good player on their board at six, they'll take him. But without a second or third round pick, which they claim that CJ Henderson is, they're going to keep their options open. So the key thing is, guys, if there's a good player there, they'll take him. But they don't have a day two pick. So they're going to keep their options open. 
really the key takeaway from everything that Scott Fitterer said on Tuesday is we're going to keep our options open. We don't want to give up a good player, which he said multiple times now, but also we keep our options open. We're not married to anything. We could take a quarterback. We could take a left tackle. Edge rusher. Who knows? They're not going to say what they're going to do, but their options are open. Now, as far as moving back, because if you do move back from six, and my thing is, and we've had the reporting from Ellis Williams I read a couple weeks ago about three guys that they love. Evan Neal's there. Ike Kwanu or Malik Willis is there. They'll take him. Would rather, obviously, the two tackles and Willis. Willis, if they're going to take a quarterback, that's the guy I would tell him to take, even though he couldn't beat out Bo Nix at Auburn. But still, hey, he's gotten better. Maybe he's the right guy, even though he needs some seasoning. Make sure to season your food, guys. We'll see what happens. I don't know. But I'm not really in love with that idea. But they're comfortable, though, moving back to the teens. Now, Scott Fitter talks about there's usually a ledge where the talent drops off in the first round. He believes that this year the drop-off is at 20, but within the ledge, there's another ledge. And what about that? Coincidentally, it's at six where the Carolina Panthers stand. Now, if there's a nightmare scenario that I saw that was put out there by Connor Rogers from Pro Football Focus, does the NFL Stock Exchange podcast for a guest from last week, Trevor Sikama, he was talking about how three of those top three tackles could all go in a top five ahead of Carolina which he's heard everyone's talking about how much the, how much people love top tackles. That would be a nightmare scenario when I would puke. And that would give the Carolina Panthers the opportunity to move back to the teens where they could still get some players that they like that are on their board. Now, they're not just going to move back just to acquire picks. Scott Fitter said, we're not going to move out of a player just to acquire picks. Yeah, we understand we're not there in day two. CJ Henderson's our, our third-round pick this year. But still, we're not going to look at a guy like Evan Neal potentially Reiki Aquanu, or if it's Malik Lewis that they like, they're not going to just move off of that guy just to move back and try and recoup picks. Now, a lot of it's going to be what's driven by what happens in front of them, which duh, obviously. So if all those guys that they like are gone, which, Hey, if they say there's a drop off after six and top six, whoever is there in their top six should still be there when they get six, which kind of makes you wonder, okay, what's this smoke screen? Like trying to walk through it. What are they actually going to do? And, an important thing to think back to when moving back, Scott Federer also did say that the meat of this draft here in 2022 is the 2025-50 range. If you can trade back, get in the teens, feel comfortable, get a good player there, and then you're early in the second round, late first round, if you get another pick there, then you can get, add another player, and you already have C.J. Henderson, Panthers might be in good shape. Now, the one thing that they did say they don't want to do is they don't want to give up any day two picks from next year for this year. Scott Fitterer wants to value those picks. He, which you would say why he didn't value them in the, in the first place. Cause you look at Sam Darnold and how that turned out. And then with CJ Henderson, what we've gotten out of return so far, even though it's supposed to be for the future, you wonder really what the validity of that is with, he's trying to value those picks, but either way, they're trying to protect that. They don't want to be in a situation like this again, next season, even though this is brought up by Skylar Callahan, who covers the Panthers for uh, the local sports illustrated um, site. And that they had 11 picks last year. So that might offset a little bit of them not having as many picks this year. But still, as all the reporting leading to the draft was last season, Scott Fitter wanted to find a way to get more picks. Is that the case this season? I don't know. Now, as far as a quarterback at six, Scott Fitter was plainly asked, do you believe that there's a guy who's worth the number six pick? And he says he does believe that they would feel comfortable taking quarterback at six, says that one of them, they would do that, but then stopped himself and said a couple. I feel like he tipped his cap right there and let us know that actually there is one guy who would take there at six, reportedly Malik Willis. Everyone else, no thank you. 
And if that one guy is Malik Willis, then okay, so be it. I'll get behind it. I don't necessarily love it, but if you're going to take one, let it be that one. So they feel comfortable. I just, I really have a hard time thinking that they actually want to take a quarterback there at six. I, I just, I, I know I've been the guy who said, like, I think they will, but I'm sitting here now. I'm just like, I just, I don't see how they could do that. And none of it makes any sense for them to do it, just considering what every evaluation has been out there. And yes, Scott has to say these things that they believe in it, that they, like, there's a guy that they think who can win there. And I'm sure there's a guy, the quarterbacks I mentioned earlier, that I'm sure there's someone who's going to turn out to be an NFL starter and a high level starter. I just, at six, I don't know. Uh, I just, I don't love it. I just don't love it. Now, of course, we've heard it multiple times. They need to stabilize quarterback position. He sat down with Sam Darnold on Monday and reiterated, reiterated to him that they have to help him. They've done that by getting Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett, re-signing DJ Moore, ex- excuse me, extending DJ Moore. But they also let him know that they're going to add to this group. And there's a pretty good chance it happens this weekend. Now, hopefully it happens this weekend by weekend being Friday or Saturday. I know back in college, the weekend started on Thursday, and I kind of feel the same way still as an adult. But hopefully it's not on Thursday. If you want to add to the room on Friday or Saturday, and I've had someone ask me about Bailey Zappi, if you want to get Bailey Zappi on Saturday, whatever, go ahead. Now, if you draft him on Saturday, that the thought is not going to be that he's going to be your long-term answer. And this also goes in line with the reporting from Ellis Williams of the Observer and then also Ian Rappaport yesterday on Monday from NFL Network about the Panthers not wanting to trade for Baker Mayfield before the draft. Now, Justine Anderson also reported on Tuesday that the Seahawks, another team that reportedly could have interest in Baker Mayfield, no, they're not interested at all. So they're going to have to add. They will add. They don't get a quarterback, obviously, in the draft. And you're thinking Baker Mayfield makes the most sense considering that Jimmy Garoppolo, who they probably would be a better fit here, has a shoulder issue and can't throw until potentially August, which is not great. But it's an open competition right now. It's Sam Darnold's job. We'll see how that works out. They like several of the tackles. Didn't really want to get into all those kind of details. Some other notes also from Cole Spencer. Um, they evaluated 800 players and have 156 that they would draft. So 156 players right there on the draft board. And it's not, they didn't go from, okay, well, we're only here in the top six. If we don't have a pick until 137. No, no, they're not worried about that. They found 156 guys that they like, and they're going to slot them in as they will. And after that, of course, they'll sign a bunch of UDFAs. The one other thing that stood out to me was when asked about David Tepper's involvement, he said David Tepper is, or Mr. Tepper, is very involved in what we do. He'll be in the draft room. They include him in all the decisions that they make. I mean, they have to. The dude paid $2.25 billion liquid, so obviously he wants to know what's going on with his team, his baby, the Carolina Panthers. Again, he and he said he's not a guy who would take over the war room, which is kind of my concern, but we already have proof, at least before Fitterer was here, of David Tepper basically being like, get rid of Bridgewater. Go find me a quarterback. Stafford said no. Watson had his stuff pop up. And, of course, they land on Sam Darnold instead. That's why we're in this position again today. So the ownership involvement, let them know what you should. That's your employer. Let them know what you're going to do. Really, we don't need any of his input at all. He's not tampering or whatever you want to call it. He's an active participant in all of what's going on here with the draft process here in Carolina, which, again, terrifies me. Now, the Carolina Panthers have a decision to make by Monday or by next Tuesday. Uh, They have to decide either to exercise a fifth-year option of Brian Burns or 
to not do that, which would not really make a lot of sense. We'll get into what that's going to be and what the counter potentially could look like if they do, in fact, exercise with the year option for Brian Burns and extend him later on down the road coming up here on Locked On Panthers. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? Choosing the only brand your their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers of access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So a week from today, Tuesday, April 26th on, I guess, what is uh, next week? We have 30 days in April, right? I don't really know. I'm very bad at math. I think it will be the 4th of April. April 4, May. Gosh. 3rd of May. There we go. But a 3rd of May next week. The Carolina Panthers have to make a decision on their first round pick from 2019. That would be Brian Burns. Whether the exercise fit their option. Now, we've heard this multiple times now. Scott Bitter. Uh, once again, confirmed that on Tuesday, on today, and later a couple weeks ago, we also said the same thing. The Carolina Panthers do intend and they will exercise fifth-year option on Brian Burns because he's made one Pro Bowl in his first three seasons. He'll earn $16 million in the 2023 season, which is on par of what he deserves. Now, I think the question and the conversation that we'll have right now and we'll have probably more extensive one down the road is, what will that contract look like? For Brian Burns, you go back to 2019. Yeah, Nick Bosa get drafted second overall to San Francisco. You saw Cleveland Furl just randomly, shockingly, go fourth overall to the Raiders. That happened to worked out. Yeah, Brian Burns get drafted. You saw Montez Sweat, who's a draft crush of a lot of people locally here, go to Washington. Who's he's played really well there. And there was one other one who I don't even remember because he hasn't done anything in the league. But really, you look at that. Sweat's going to get paid big time money. Burns can get big-time money, and then Bosa, who's played a Super Bowl, who's been a two-time Pro Bowler, is going to get paid a bunch of money. Now, injuries have been an issue for Bosa, where they have not been an issue for Brian Burns. And I wonder, you know, you look at last year, Hassan Reddick, who wanted to get paid a lot, and just what he just got paid a couple weeks ago, and average annual value of about $16.7 million. Burns, a younger player, if he goes out there as a Pro Bowler once again, would have proven more than Reddick has, and this is not the – uh, say anything negative about Hassan Reddick. I love Hassan here, and I'm happy he got paid. But Brian Burns is on a trajectory of someone who's going to get paid close to the $20 million a year range. And that's what edge rushers are going for nowadays. Like Bosa, he's going to get paid a ton of money by San Francisco. And one of the issues that they've had 
with the contract discussions with Debo Samuel, who apparently wants to be traded and he wants to be back home in the Carolinas. Although apparently he's this weekend hanging out in California still like in LA or wherever. So if he's really that homesick, why are you not hanging out at home training at home? I don't know. I don't know. There's gotta be a lot more there to that than what it is. We love him, him here in Carolina, but again, where are the assets? The people who have asked me, and we talked about it last Friday on the weekly Friday mailbag, but, um, one of the holdups is Garoppolo and his contract. It's $25 million of cap space that San Francisco 49ers could have opened up if they released him or they were able to trade him. And that could be going to the extension for Debo if he wants to stay in San Francisco for Nick Bosa. So that's going to delay the process for a little bit here. Now, Brian Burns, and I got to look up who his agent is because that's always important when you look at the contract discussions. As we talked about with DJ Moore in the past, the fact that his um agent is oh my god am i really about to forget dj moore's agent's name i am dj moore agent um he's a baseball agent um it is god i hate when i do this i'm like well on the air and i forget people's names drew rosenhaus with drew rosenhaus you look at baseball contracts those guys always get paid so we knew with dj moore that obviously whenever his time came which it came right now this past off season that he would get paid a ton of money 21 million dollars about per year Makes plenty of sense. Dude has been awesome. The only other player in the NFL that's put up the numbers he's put up the last couple of years, all purpose-wise, has been Stephon Diggs of the Buffalo Bills. And we know how much Stephon Diggs makes and how much Stephon Diggs is worth to Josh Allen and an offense up there in Buffalo. Now, for Brian Burns, it might be the same case where he, depending on what his agent's strategy is, could make a lot of money. Now, looking at Spotrek, do they even list his agent on here? I don't think they do. He's always with Todd France from CAA. Todd France is a guy who gets guys paid. So if Todd France and Brian Burns are smart, they wait for the Bosa deal to get worked out. Now, Nick Bosa, he and his team are smart. They wait for the Brian Burns deal to get done. The point, hey, we're better than that guy. At least that's what they're going to say, at least to the, the team. And we and you value us. You should pay us more. So I would think by the time it comes to Brian Burns, now the Panthers, the key is to do it early. And Nick Bosa is also a CAA. Now, that doesn't have the same agent. It's smart to do it early if you're Brian Burns. If you get it done early, and not, not early for Brian Burns, for the Panthers, if they get it done early, then the price will not be as high as potentially next offseason when San Francisco may have already signed Bosa or however it's played out and if Brian Burns becomes, once again, a pro bowler. Because that's two-time pro bowler. You're going to give him a lot of money if that's how it plays out. So, Either way, I'm Team Brian Burns. Get your bag. If it's got to be somewhere else, it's got to be somewhere else. Obviously, I want you here. And the intention that Scott Fitter said on Tuesday is to keep him here long-term in Carolina. But either way, get your money, Brian. All right. That's going to wrap it up here for this edition of Locked On Panthers, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show, which is very important this week as I have live shows going on on Tuesday, on Thursday. This is today's Tuesday, but on Thursday at 7 o'clock and then later on that night after the Carolina Panthers conclude what they're going to do there in the first round of the NFL draft in Las Vegas. So be sure to subscribe to the show to watch it and be able to comment on the live chat as that's why I'll be taking the weekly Friday mailbag questions this week. In traditional Fridays, either at me at Julian Council, DM me at Julian Council, leave a comment on any of those YouTube shows from that week to participate. But again, make sure to follow me at Julian Council on Twitter first. And also, if you don't watch the show um, on YouTube, that's okay. You can check us out wherever you find your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher. We're on all of those podcasting platforms out there. But in the meantime, take care, keep pounding, and I will talk to y'all on Wednesday.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.